everybody and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 60, 90 a.m. in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with my buddy, Dominic Demeester. Uh, we got a good show lined up for you folks. We got some uh, NFL schedule release to talk about. We got some free agency signings to talk about. We also got a bit of the draft to uh, finish up on that as we love to uh, dissect each uh, team round by round. We also got the NBA and NHL playoffs in full swing. But Dominic, first before we start, how are you, my man? I am so pumped for this show. Wow. Unbelievable time of the year. NHL, NBA playoffs. You couldn't ask for any more excitement other than the NFL season being here and now. I'm really pumped up to talk about football, but wow, how about that NBA playoff happening and those NHL playoffs happening? Just wonderful sports to watch at this time of year. Super exciting, Dominic. Yeah, let me touch on the NBA a little bit. We've got the two uh, conference matchups finals set up. The Miami Heat, my Miami Heat, taking on the Boston Celtics, uh, a rematch of the bubble from a few years ago. we got the Dallas Mavericks shocking the world and crushing the Phoenix Suns in that Game 7. That was an absolute blowout. Uh, and then we got the Golden State Warriors back, uh, familiar faces. So I think it's going to be two really good series. I think Miami and Boston will go seven. I like Miami. They got home court. They're a good team, um, and especially when it comes to the, to, uh, to playing at home and defending that home court. Bias? No, maybe not. I, I like I like picking Miami here. Uh, I do ultimately think they are the better team. I think, you know, maybe more skilled players the Boston Celtics have, but I really like how the, the uh, Heat play as a team. So I'm going Miami in seven. Give me the Warriors in six over the Dallas Mavericks. So I got Heat, Warriors in the NBA Finals. Should be a doozy. Super excited about that. Dominic, I'll let you talk about the NHL playoffs. But uh, as you know, Dominic, I'm a Leafs fan and I was shedding a tear uh, after that Game 7 loss. Was I expecting it? Yes. Was I upset? Yes. It's just, as a Leafs fan, I've just grown accustomed to them not winning in the first round and losing Game 7s. But uh, yeah, I'll let you touch on the, uh, the NHL playoffs in general. Yeah, really upsetting to see those Leafs lose. I think a lot of people were expecting big things this year. Looks like they're going to have to pack it up and play some golf and on to next year. <laughs> As for the playoffs in general, oh, wow, what an amazing year so far. We had a lot of Game 7 series. We just had a few of them wrapping up um, a couple of days ago. The Calgary Flames outlast the Dallas Stars, who did everything possible they could do, specifically in goaltending, to eliminate those Flames. But they found a way, those Flames, to win. Congratulations. And congratulations to the New York Rangers beating the Pittsburgh Penguins. I didn't see that one coming. I thought that yeah. Pittsburgh, Crosby, and, and Malkin were going to put it together. But uh, as usual, you know, a big power play in overtime seals the deal often. And that's what happened. Congratulations to those Rangers. They're moving on. Yeah, honestly, uh, quite a few game sevens. Can't really ask for much more than that. It is an exciting time to be alive, an exciting time to be a sports fan. Let's jump into the NFL, Dominic. Week one schedule is out. Well, actually, the entire NFL schedule is out. But I want to touch on these week one games. I think the NFL gets a five on five, a golden star for this one. The opening matchup to start off the NFL season will be the Buffalo Bills at the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams. Uh, I think the NFL got it right here. I always like when you get two good teams from different conferences. I'm not sure why that is. I think it's like they don't play each other often, so it's not a matchup you're used to seeing. And to have that week one, Dominic, uh, I'm really excited about that. We got Buffalo coming off that bitter sweet uh, or that bitter loss to the Kansas City Chiefs in that crazy game. We got the Rams trying to defend their Super Bowl champions. Bills, Rams, to start off the season, I'm loving it. Wow, I think a lot of Bills fans are going to be ready for that game because they think they probably got robbed 
actually, let's be honest, they did get robbed last <laughs> year in the playoffs. But will it be the same Buffalo Bills team this year round? And that is going to be the million dollar question. And I don't think they're going to be the same. And I think that Buffalo going to get a rude awakening facing those Super Bowl champions. Give me the Rams right off the bat. I know I'm calling it an early game without knowing <laughs> absolutely anything. But yes, I do think the Rams will open this season very strongly. And yes, if you look all the way through week one, a lot of great games on week one. Yeah. And I just can't wait. This is uh, this is exciting. We already got the schedule out and just beautiful to see. And for fans all across the world that can make it to an NFL game, I would say, like, pack your bags because this is going to be one to remember. Oh, yeah, Dominic. I haven't been to an NFL game in a while. The last one I went to was... Oh, I tried to forget about that one, but it was a Thursday night game, actually, a few years ago. My buddy and I went. He's a Patriots fan. I'm a Dolphins fan. Game was in New England. Miami lost 36-7. to um, So I've been trying to go back to another one to erase that from my memory. But, yeah, I, it's, been, oh, it's been a while since I went to a game. I'm going to do my very best to go this year, trying to save up that money. Uh, but you talk about the Bills, Dominic. We'll talk about the Bills specifically and the AFC East uh, in, the, in a few minutes because it's something I want to dive into. But, yeah, week one games, we got quite a few good ones. We got some divisional matchups. Uh, another game that pops out to me right away is the Monday night game, Dominic. The Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson playing at the Seattle Seahawks. This is like, oh, man. Like, how could you not appreciate a game like that? How could you not say the schedule makers did a good job, at least in week one? Really curious to see how the Seahawks fans will welcome Russell Wilson uh, now that he is wearing an orange jersey and no longer the Seahawks one. Um, I think, you know, like, if you're a Seahawks fan, you got to be super appreciative of everything Wilson was able to do. Bring you to two Super Bowls, win a Super Bowl. I would be very surprised if he gets a, a rude welcoming from those Seahawks fans. And they'll be very uh, gracious and appreciative towards him. But I love that matchup. Man, what a way to start the season in week one. And what a way to finish the season in week one. Broncos at Seahawks uh, in primetime, Dominic. I think this is going to be a really good one. My money right now would be on the Broncos. Uh, we got to see what happens in Seattle. Obviously, a few question marks. The quarterback position what's going to happen with DK Metcalf uh, but uh, this one promises to be a good one no matter who's suiting up for either team oh I agree William I think that we don't know who the quarterback technically is going to be for Seattle but regardless Russell Wilson will get a nice welcoming any quarterback that goes out and wins a Super Bowl for your franchise you can guarantee the fans remember for those fans right now in Seattle I'm sure they're thinking is Drew Locke really going to be our starting quarterback I would say to all those Seattle fans, you're about to have a big party. That party is Drew Brees. Yes, I'm calling it early, <laughs> potentially making a comeback. I mean, why not? Why not Seattle? But in all likelihood, let's be honest, it probably won't happen. I'm a dreamer and I look at Seattle's quarterbacks. I'm not liking them whatsoever, but I look at their franchise head to toe, even though they lost Bobby Wagner, which is going to be the kind of question mark for me as a fan, whether or not that Seattle defense can compete without Wagner. I think they can, because I think that Pete Carroll is the guy in Seattle and he could put a game plan together with whatever chess pieces that he has in front of him. The only question is who's going to be your quarterback. And you can't really solve that overnight but however if you got a guy like drew Brees, a future hall of famer who potentially is willing to come back and play i would be making that phone call if i'm pete carroll just to find out exactly where his head's at 
I looked at his statistics last year and I said mm. to myself, sorry, in 2020. Yeah. And I said to myself, wow, this guy had a 70% completing percentage. And to me, that's a great game manager. Seattle will be running the ball. Seattle has an offensive line. Seattle has a head coach. What they're missing is a quarterback. Drew Brees, welcome to Seattle. I'm a dreamer. Let's see it happen. Hey, I like it, Dominic. Uh, you know, who says you can't dream and can't dream big? That's the thing about Drew Brees, Dominic. He's always, like, been very consistent, very – like, he dissects defenses. He's, like, meticulous, and he, like, always has one of the highest completion rates in the NFL. And that's, like, not a stat that gets talked about enough because if you're completing the ball and, you know, you're not necessarily putting it to the end zone, what difference does it make? Well, you're getting the defense tired. Uh, it's annoying to, you know, keep giving up completions. But, Matt, I hadn't thought about that. Brees to the Seahawks. I can see that potentially working out uh, there for Seattle. That would be something. It'd be cool to see Drew Brees back in the NFL. My guess is, you know, with the comments he said this week and everything, I think he's just kind of keeping an open mind. I don't think we'll see it, but I also didn't think Tom Brady would come back. So, Dominic, you really never know. Um, and you've always been a, a big uh, a Pete, uh, Pete Carroll fan, Dominic. And, you know, you, you believe in him and everything he's able to bring to that team. So I'm curious to see... Um, the Seahawks now, and let's say they move forward with Julak, how that'll pan out to be. I think Julak, uh, he didn't do well in his first seasons in the NFL. I'm not sure if he's had a fair shot yet, so I'm curious to see how it'll pan out for him in Seattle. Uh, if they're able to keep, you know, those their two-star receivers um, in in uh, in Seattle there in Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So and don't don't yeah. count out the Saints out of the equation at mm. all. When yes. I saw Landry sign last week, I said to myself, wow, they, they're really starting to build a nice roster up in New Orleans. Yeah. So to me, New Orleans, again, they are missing a quarterback. I've said it before about Winston. I'm not going to go and rip him a new one as I always do. I just think that Drew Brees is Mr. New Orleans and that he could also land there as easily as he could land in Seattle. I'm telling you, William, something tells me that the guy's going to come back. There's no quarterback currently other than Tom Brady and maybe obviously Stafford in the NFC. It's wide open for the taking. If Tom Brady gets hurt and Drew Brees ends up, you know, having a great season, they could easily win the Super Bowl. And if he ends up in Seattle, I think the, the, the journey will be a little longer because he has to create that rapport. But the rapport is already there in New Orleans. So I do think we're going to be seeing Drew Brees, even though I'm a dreamer. I'm telling you, dreams do come true. Hey, 100% Dominic. Hey, that's a great take. I love it. And I'm not going to say anything else because I would just completely ruin what you said. And you said everything you said perfectly. Let's stick with those Saints, actually, Dominic. I know we we're going to talk about the AFC East, but I think we got a good segue here. Jarvis Landry signing with the Saints, a one-year, $6 million contract. It's official. He will be wearing uh, black and gold, I guess we can say. I think Landry, like, taking away, like, chemistry and, like, how he fits in, in this offense with the Saints, I think he suits a Saints uniform. I know that's really random to say, but like, I think he looks really good in that New Orleans Saints uh, jersey. It's just something like sometimes you think about a player, you think about a certain jersey, like, nah, nah, he wouldn't fit. I can see this working for New Orleans. And for Jameis Winston, Dominic, we talk about him, uh, you know, not making smart decisions, forcing that deep ball, throwing it into coverage, and that's how he gets his long completions. That's how he throws his interceptions. Landry is more the intermediate type wide receiver, slot receiver. And I think that he could instantly help Jameis Winston. You know, it's first and 10, nothing's there downfield. You throw a five-yard dump pass to Landry, let him break a tackle or two, pick up seven yards. There's nothing wrong with getting a good gain on first down. And Landry's that type of receiver. 
Great hands, very, very good hands. Like I say, that's his his forte is his hands. Mace catches in traffic, is a mean receiver. Reminds me of uh, like a, that Steve Smith type receiver that we talked about last week. Um, so I think that the winner in this is Landry for going to a team that should be competitive this year, but also Jameis Winston. Uh, I can see this being a, a good connection, Dominic, right off the bat for the Saints. It's possible. I mean, this team, if Winston's the quarterback or even Andy Dalton as the quarterback, is going to be uh, through the running game. I really believe that Alvin Kamara can still play at a high level. And I like the fact that Mark Ingram is back uh, with those Saints. They picked up Trevor Panning as a left tackle, and uh, he's really good to help out in that running game. So I would expect whoever they have as a quarterback will be running the football a lot this year. If Winston is the quarterback, I don't think he'll be as effective as Andy Dalton. I know that sounds crazy to say. I just think that Andy has played with a lot of great receivers up in Cincinnati, a lot of great route runners, such as A.J. Green, for example. And uh, he's the better fit for those route running receivers like Jarvis Landry. I think Jameis Winston has a great arm to go deep for Michael Thomas, but as an all-around overall QB, give me Andy Dalton. I know he's getting old, but he's been to many playoff games. So that's my take. If I had to pick between a quarterback right now, between Winston and Andy Dalton, I would take Andy Dalton because they're loaded right now at right receiver in mm-hmm. Orleans, in my opinion. Yeah. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, yep. Landry, yep. and I'm a fan of Callaway. So Me too. I we'll like him a see. lot. We'll have to see if they can do it, but I think that they can. Me too. I, I like Callaway a lot, Dominic, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned him because I was going to touch on that. But the thing is, you know, like, I really like the way he connected with Winston and that deep ball. So I could see, like, I ultimately, I think we're both betting that Winston will be the starting quarterback to open up the season. Uh, and then maybe he'll have a short leash. Maybe he won't. I uh, don't know what's going to happen there in New Orleans. But I, I just feel like there's a lot of question marks with the Saints. I'm like, I do like this team and I feel they can be good. Like Michael Thomas, how is he going to be coming off that injury? Alvin Kamara, we know he got into trouble in the offseason. Like, are these guys like fully committed? Are they going to play? Are they going to be ready to play? I think when this these guys are at their best, when Kamala is at his best, when Thomas is at his best, this team is very, very difficult to stop. Uh, excuse me. And I can see them going in that direction of, you know, feeding the ball to Kamara, letting Alvin Kamara be that Christian McCaffrey for them. Um, and I could see then and, uh, and really only then with both these guys committed and everybody committed to the team, that this team would be a very dangerous team and not necessarily make a run at the division. Cause I do think Tampa should win that division with ease, but I, I can't see them sliding into a potential wild card uh, spot in the NFC. Let's jump to the AFC East. Now I want to talk about the Buffalo bills. I know a team that you like Dominic and specifically their schedule. Um, so we said that they opened up their first game uh, being September the 8th. Super pumped for that at the Los Angeles Rams. Their first few games are quite difficult. They play at the, at the Rams. Then they host the Tennessee Titans. They play at the Miami Dolphins. Now, we don't know how, what the Dolphins are going to be. They should be better. That's what people are projecting. Then they play at Baltimore. They play home against Pittsburgh. Then they have to go to Arrowhead Stadium, play at the Kansas City Chiefs. They get a bye. And then they play the Green Bay Packers. So... Those first seven games, Dominic, I think we're going to find out a lot about this Buffalo Bills team and how serious of a contender they are or they are not. Um, You talked about it earlier in the show, Dominic, and a little bit in previous shows. You've always been a big Buffalo Bills supporter, uh, but this year you have a few question marks surrounding the team. And I think that a lot of those questions uh, will be answered or potentially answered uh, through this stretch because, like, look, you jump into the season – you ain't got no time to fool around. Uh, you're playing the Super Bowl champs, and then you have no breaks after that. You get another primetime game. They're going to be playing Monday night uh, against the Tennessee Titans. So two games, 
on TV against uh, two playoff teams from last year. Uh, that uh, that won't be easy victories for them. Um, then you got teams that didn't make the playoffs, like the Dolphins and the Ravens, who and the you know and, and other teams who, who promised to be good teams. But uh, I think a big stretch. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills will be uh, their first their first few games of the uh, the 2022 season. Yeah, I think you nailed it, William. If this team doesn't get off on the right foot, big problems could be on their way in Buffalo. Josh Allen cannot run as much as he's been in the past couple of years. He's got to stay in the pocket a little bit more. He's got to throw the ball. Don't get me wrong. He's a phenomenal quarterback. And, you know, when you have the gift to do what you do, do it. I just, I'm worried for him. He doesn't have the same offensive line. He won't have the same offensive coordinator. Yes, they picked up a guy that could be the key moving forward. And that's James Cook, brother of Dalvin Cook. I think that James Cook, if they got him involved a lot more, we talked about last year about how Buffalo didn't have an identity at the running back position. I have always preached one running back, a three down back, let that guy be your guy. If James Cook can be that guy for Buffalo, then you have a whole different story. But I don't think they're going to go that direction. I think they're going to put James Cook here and there. They're going to have Devin Singletary. They picked up Duke Johnson. They still have Zach Moss. I I don't like it. I don't like it. And I see Josh Allen again running for his life left and right. And eventually it's going to come up and catch up to him. Maybe Josh Allen might get hurt this year. I don't want to, you know, jinx a guy, but mm-hmm. I don't like it. I don't like the Buffalo Bills this year. I think they're going to regress. I'm sticking with it, mostly because of the direction that I believe this team is going to go, where they're going to try to replicate exactly what they did a couple of years past. But the NFL, once they get, you know, a few good game tapes on you, it catches up to you, and it's going to catch up to those Buffalo Bills. Yeah, and we like we know he's a very good runner. We also know he's a very good passer, uh, and having that ability to – uh, do both is extremely important. I I would agree with you in the sense that I feel um, it's tough to be a quarterback like he is, and like he's been lucky, he has not been fairly injured in his career. For me, that would be the only worry. I I think that um, I don't think he's running the ball too much, and it affects his throwing. Um, I think he's still good at going through his reads and then tucking and running when he needs to. Um, when, when the, the example you kind of give or like the, the way you're describing Josh Allen for me is more like a Kyler Murray. Like I think Kyler has the habit of looking at his first read, maybe glimpsing at his second read and then taking off and running. Whereas I feel Josh Allen is a little bit more, uh, I guess I would say um, patient in the pocket, a little bit more mature, waits for his reads to develop. And look, he's got a better arm and, and a cannon in comparison to Kyler Murray. So I think that helps. But I think that if you're looking at just, his safety um, and like the, the way he kind of throws his body and like what he's willing to do for the team. I think that's when it could be uh, potentially dangerous uh, for him because I think if Alan Gutford were to get injured, like this team is like done, right? Like, I don't think um, there's some teams in the NFL you could see being competitive without their quarterback, but I really feel like this Buffalo Bills team, like everything is built around Josh Allen. Like it's full circle. It's him. He's the MVP. He was in the MVP conversation. Um, and like, I think if he goes down, they're done. Would you, would you agree with that, Dominic? Like in terms of teams losing their quarterback, I think the Buffalo Bills would be hurt maybe the most in the NFL by losing uh, their starting quarterback. Uh, if, if Josh Allen were to go down. Logically, I would say, yeah, it would make perfect sense, but I'm actually a fan of Case Keenum. Case Keenum is a journeyman, you know, backup quarterback. And if he were the quarterback, I think that you would see a lot more of the running game. So in a way, 
it'd be kind of like a new football team. Would they be competitive? Probably not. They would probably miss out on the playoffs. Let's be honest. But I wouldn't be surprised if they stay kind of like a 500 football team. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to disagree with you. I think that um, Case Keenum is a good backup quarterback. But Josh Allen, it's true that the entire offense, you know, revolves around currently Josh Allen. And if they were to lose him, it'd be big problems for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, so let's stay in that division, Dominic, uh, the AFC East. For me, I still have Buffalo winning the division. I'm, what, do you agree, disagree, not sure? What are your takes on that? I say I have no clue right now within that division. It's an entire coin toss. Yeah. Anybody, it's a, the division is up for grabs. Whoever plays their best football this year, obviously, clearly is going to win it. And I think that only one person is probably going to come out of that division. Really? Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's where I was going to go. I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I think that I think the Dolphins have done enough to be competitive, to fight for the division. I ultimately think the Bills will win the division. I do think Miami will come in the number two spot. Like a lot of people are talking about the Jets. Watch out for the Jets. They may surprise people. It's possible. Uh, I could see the Jets being relevant in uh, maybe a year or two. I think right now it's a little premature. I see the Jets still as coming in fourth place, the Bills coming in first. I think I'm most confident about those two. And then I would say, it, like in those spots, but I would say Miami coming in at two. I'd see New England coming in at three. Um, I think the Dolphins will make a push for the wild card. I, I do see them making uh, making it to the wild card. Um, I think they've done what they need to do to be more competitive than in years past. But like, I sound like a broken record. It's obviously, obviously going to come down to Tua. Uh, and if he's able to connect with his receivers, if he's going to be able to throw the deep ball more. I've seen a lot of people like Dolphins fans backing up Tua and saying Tua can't throw the deep ball um, and providing stats on when he throws it. Like, like, let's not get too analytical here, folks. Like, Dolphins fans, we've seen Tua play. He's not a great deep ball thrower. Like, let's not try and make something when it's not there. Like, it's let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. He has the potential to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. Um, I think he's great at the short game. He's great at doing uh, RPOs and smart in those situations. Um, and, like, I think he's got a zip. Like, the ball comes out fairly nicely with him. Um, that I don't know if you saw the video to to uh, Tyree Kill, but he threw like a pretty bad pass. <laughs> Anyways, um, but all of this to say, Dominic, that Tyree Kill is the guy who I think Miami needed to get in order to help Tua. Um, it's going to be more, hopefully, more deep shots down the field for Miami, um, and not necessarily completing them. And I know you're going to say like that doesn't make any sense. Right now, teams that play the Dolphins know Miami's going to dink and dunk down the field we have Jalen Waddle who is an extremely fast receiver but even him like Miami was using him in the short game and letting him get yards after catch Tyreek Hill for me is more of that speed burner it's you get the ball hot you say Tyreek run as fast as you can I'm gonna chuck up the ball you run under it you catch it make a play with your cheetah like speed as simple as that so I'm really excited for what uh, the Dolphins have done for Tua um, I ultimately I don't know if Miami is in this mindset, but I do think that if it doesn't work out for Miami this year, that they do have to move on from Tua. And I know they invested a lot in him. They took him at number five overall. Um, but, you know, like it's similar to the Ryan Tannehill where Miami gave him years and years. And just unfortunately, things weren't working out for, for Tannehill in Miami. If, if Tua isn't a short leash for me this year, Dominic, you know, you got a backup in Teddy Bridgewater, who's fairly good for backup QB. Um, 
I know I'm talking about a lot about the Dolphins now, but I really do think they're the team that'll give Buffalo the, the hardest chance at winning the division. I do think Buffalo will win. I think Miami will finish just behind them. I can see them making the playoffs, but uh, you know, it's, this is like all the chips are on the table right now for Miami. It's Tua. This is your team. You have the keys. However you play is ultimately, however, this team is going to finish there in Miami. If I see any other quarterback than Tua this year, Miami's done. I think that they've, built exactly the football team they wanted. Now they're here. It's time to shine. They picked up some phenomenal free agents. We talked mm-hmm. about Tyreek Hill, but they picked up a Teron Armstead yes. from New Orleans as a left tackle. That's going to create plenty of opportunities for that offense to get going. And when you got the speed of Waddell and Hill, it's only a matter of time before those guys become extremely successful for that Miami Dolphins organization. So that said, the only question mark I have is that running back stable that you've created in Miami, mm-hmm. which to me, I have like, I'm scratching my head thinking I'm like, who's it going to be? Is it Chase Edmonds? Is it Sony Michelle? You bring in Raheem Monster. We had Miles Gaskin that had some rapport last year. Who is the running back in Miami? So if there's a guy that can develop a rapport with two out right off the bat. I mean, yes, it's most likely going to be two guys, but I just wish, again, I'm a one running back kind of guy. Maybe it's too old school way of thinking. I just think that there's got to be a guy to take the torch, to set up plays in that backfield. You know, sometimes you need a couple reps to make another play happen. And if you don't get those couple reps, unfortunately for you, you know, you might, you know, just get 15 shots at getting the ball in the backfield and you didn't get those extra reps to break one out for you know a 50-yard TD run. So they have to establish that. If they do that, Miami has a chance to win the division. To me right now, they're probably the biggest threat to the Buffalo Bills. But when you got Bill Belichick, I mean, we mocked him because of his draft picks. But I don't know what, what to expect with Bill Belichick this year. Having his young quarterback in year two, they could very well shock the entire NFL. And next thing you know, you got yourself not necessarily the next Tom Brady again, but we're going to see Mac Jones most likely evolve in year two. He might have a sophomore year jinx. That might happen, but he might not, right? So I'll have to wait and see. They're an enigma to me. They really are. I don't know what to think about the, the New England Patriots. I do love Damian Harris as a running back. I think that, again, it's the same thing in New England. One team that I'll say, okay, because of Belichick and his game plan, he has found a way, you know, to play situation football with a variety of different running backs. I'll give him, you know, that kind of like, you get a, a pass on that. But other than Bill Belichick, there's not many, in my personal opinion, coaches that can do that, unless you have a lot of experience, like Jim Harbaugh in Baltimore, Pete Carroll in Seattle. So we'll have to wait and see. The only team that I think that for sure isn't going anywhere, I don't care what anybody says, they could say, oh, look at all those draft picks. Yeah, that's what they are. They're draft picks is those New York Jets. I'm going to rip the New York Jets right now because I don't believe at all in Zach Wilson. I think he's a choir boy. He just looks like a guy that, you know, you could hit him a couple of times. He'll be broken in two. I understand they brought in Bryce Hall and Bryce Hall could be this great running back to help him out. But again, another team that has another merry-go-round of, of running backs with Michael Carter, Talvin Coleman. Yes, the NFL is getting a lot you know, more violent by the year, and it's harder to stay healthy, and you need to have that depth. But I don't know. If you ask me, the Jets with Zach Wilson is going nowhere. You could put them dead last in the division. They might be even picking in the top five in next year's draft. Wow. A bold take by Dom Demeester. 
Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, Dominic. I honestly wouldn't be surprised. I think it's another development year for those New York Jets. I think that Zach Wilson is under quite a bit of pressure because we had a lot of people and a lot of like experts predicting Zach Wilson as being the best quarterback in that draft. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think there's a, a weight on Zach Wilson's shoulders. Um, and, yeah, I think you described the Patriots in the perfect way, Dominic. There's like, I don't know what to expect for this team. Like, I could see them uh, potentially, you know, going 10-7. and 7. I can see them going, like, Five and twelve. There's a different, like a plethora of different ways I could see this team heading in. Um, I think that they did good getting Devontae Parker, um, and like obviously I've seen him play as a Dolphins fan. I think he should be become the wide receiver one in this offense. I think he will ultimately. Um, again, there another young quarterback. We got a bunch of young quarterbacks in this division, um, and yeah, you touched upon the running back situation there in Miami. Right now, I feel they have a bunch of RB twos. They have a lot of good, solid running backs, but can Chase Edmonds be a three down back? Can Raheem Mostert stay healthy enough to be a three-down back? Can Miles Gaskin be a three-down back? I was super excited they were able to get Sony Michelle, uh, you know, a guy that has experience, has been in the Super Bowl before, uh, that had an incredible college career. Like, is he able to stay healthy enough? And is he able to be good enough to be able to stay on the field and get enough reps there? Um for those Dolphins. So I think the running back position is definitely uh, an area of concern that Miami has tried to address this off season. Um, and just back to New England, Dominic, we talk about running the football. I like Damian Harris as well. And I think that uh, it's safe to say New England was a running team last year. I really do think they're going to need to pass the ball more this year. I think that in order for Mac Jones to take another step in the right direction, they're really going to have to go, whether it's play action, shotgun, RPO, this guy's got to throw the ball more. I you know, like, I'm maybe a bit more of the, the new school mindset, Dominic, where you're the old school. Um, I really think it's a, it's a pass-first league now, and I think it's the quarterback that wins and loses games and championships for their teams. Uh, if I'm Mac Jones, I'm saying, look, like, let me throw the ball. Let me gunsling it. Like, you're going to see what you have in me. Um, and I think for New England, I'm going to look early on in the season. Uh, they got a week one game against my Dolphins. See early on in the season if they're going to be uh, a team that likes to establish the run and then play off of that. Or if they're going to say, you know what, we have a young QB in Mac Jones. We have uh, a new receiver there in Devontae Parker. Let's see what we got in Mac Jones and let's throw the ball a little bit more. Mac Jones, to me, runs a spread offense very well. Right, exactly. But... but- the New England Patriots aren't built, in my opinion, as well for as a spread offense. Yeah. Hey, listen, if he revives Devontae Parker's career and you're getting burnt by your old Miami Dolphins, you're going to be <laughs> so, so mad that this guy, for whatever reason, wasn't doing it in Miami. I mean, he did a couple games here and there, but that's yeah. the one key aspect in terms of a wide receiver that I could see. Okay, well, he's going to be, he's the go-to guy. Jacoby Myers is not a red zone receiver. Yes, he got a couple touchdowns here and there last year, a bit more than the previous years. But Devontae Barker is going to be your red zone receiver. And maybe it takes a year to get, you know, that rapport with Hunter Henry, because uh, he, to me, was a very talented uh, tight end that New England got, but we didn't really get to see him too much last year. So Let's see what Mac Jones can do in year two. I I would only imagine that he should progress. And that scares me. It scares me because I just think that obviously when you're well coached, many things can happen in New England. And New England just happens to be a team that uses their entire personnel. They're the definition of a football team. And that starts from the top. And that starts with Bill Belichick. Yeah, 100%. Look, I don't think anybody... Uh, in the right mind would question Bill Belichick and obviously what he's done with those Patriots uh, over his tenure there in New England. Uh, you said it though, Dominic, like 
that's what I mean. Mac Jones is like that spread offense type of guy. And like, that's what I said. Like he's like, I would never say he reminded me of Tom Brady, but I thought that he was like a good replacement for him when they drafted him last year. Um, but look, if you don't have the ingredients to, you know, put it all together and make that work. Maybe it can't work in New England. So I uh, ultimately do think it's going to be a really exciting division there. Uh, I got a funny and, question for you, William. Yeah. If Jones gets hurt, Bailey yeah. Zappi from Western Kentucky, do you actually believe in this guy? His stats are just mind-boggling. And for New England to invest a high draft pick or a mid-draft pick in their quarterback as a third-string quarterback, but I expect him to win out and being the the backup quarterback what are your thoughts on bailey zappi his career at western kentucky and whether or not if ever mac jones gets hurt could he potentially fill his shoes and do maybe even better than mac jones i think so dominic i think so and to answer your question as soon as they drafted him i was like darn it like they just got a I know, good quarterback right? all teams. <laughs> yeah like i saw them draft and i was like oh like i mean uh, it's not like like wow they got like a steal it was like they got like malik wallace or traded up and got a guy like kenny pickett or sam howell or something like that but like picking him in the fourth round at pick 137 uh like this seems like that kind of new england patriots type pick uh, you know, in the middle of the round, were they able to get a good quarterback? Uh, and you said it, Dominic, like his numbers there at Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, not a great football school, uh, but still like results are results. And he put up results there. Uh, yeah, I could see him taking over by mid-ish season. Uh, and even if he doesn't play at all this year, Dominic, I think he could, you know, maybe that diamond in the rough uh, that uh, that potentially resurrects this Patriots team since, uh, since losing Tom Brady. But I actually really do like the pick. Um, and uh, he was not a guy that we, a lot of people talked about us included coming into the draft. You mentioned his name a few times, uh, not really me, but I think the closer we got to the draft, uh, the more, uh, the more I realized like this guy is a, is a baller. It's and, just when uh, you look at his stats, 5,967 yeah. yards and 62 touchdowns. I don't care if you're playing for Western Kentucky or any football program. Yeah. Those stats don't lie. You got some talent. Okay. You might've been playing against weaker opponents but you still got to put up the numbers 5,967 yards 62 TDs that's mind-boggling and then you're ending up with Bill Belichick I don't know man I'm scared yeah no uh honestly I I second you on that Dominic I think that like they did well picking him here it's like why not it's the fourth round uh you know I've always talked about like getting the guy you want and like a value pick isn't necessarily the way to always go but like this is a great value pick at like you know round four hundred percent pick 137 there uh, for those New England Patriots. So you never know. I think it'll be like a lot of question marks heading into the AFC East in the offseason. What happens if Tua struggles? You got a good backup quarterback there, like I mentioned before, in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, see what happens there. And like the Jets, like Zach Wilson, I would mentioned, I think Trevor Lawrence is under, if I'm talking about quarterbacks under the most pressure I and heading into next season, I think of the top three, two of them are in the AFC East. Number one is Tua, I think, in the entire division. He's under the most pressure. Number two, I'm going to say, is Trevor Lawrence just because of all the hype. And the number three, I'm going to say, is Zach Wilson. I really do believe that Tua and Wilson have a lot to prove coming into this season. Um, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a make-up or shut-up tight league. So we'll see what happens there. So, Dominic, we talked about the AFC East. We talked about my Miami Dolphins. Let's continue talking about my Dolphins because I love them so much. Just quickly, uh, Dolphins signing Melvin Ingram just this past week, Dominic. I know from what I remember, you're a pretty big uh, Melvin Ingram fan. So I wanted to get your takes on that. Dolphins getting Melvin Ingram. 
Amazing pickup. I mean, this guy, he might only be able to do one thing, which is rush the quarterback, but he <laughs> does it very, very well. He could be a liability in uh, pass coverage, but if you time your blitz properly, Melvin Ingram will be a baller for those Miami Dolphins. And uh, we've talked about how good we expect them to be. So that's just another piece to the puzzle for the Dolphins. Yeah, look, three-time Pro Bowler. I like it. Brings, brings in veteran experience. Uh, one-year, $5 million deal. You know, doesn't seem like too, too much. I like the, the one-year deal just to kind of see how he fits in Miami. So, exciting times, the Dolphins fan. Cross our fingers. Wait and see. Uh, another signing, actually, that just happened recently today, Dominic, Tuesday, as you and I record. Philip Lindsay signing with the Indianapolis Colts. Talk about a guy that's bounced around uh, over the last few seasons from team to team. Kind of surprising because I really liked him with the Denver Broncos. Uh and, uh, and I thought that, you know, he was uh, a good fit there um, with, uh, with Denver. Ultimately, uh, ended up getting shipped off. Is now with those Indianapolis Colts. Uh, so, you know, Indianapolis making a run for the division now. Philip Lindsay, one-year deal uh, with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. The de- exact details aren't out yet in terms of how much uh, he's going to be making, but it is a one-year contract uh, for Philip Lindsay. Yeah, this is obviously a depth pickup. I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of Philip Lindsay, if I'm honest, this year. However, if a guy like Naheem Hines gets injured and he's he tends to be injured quite often, then potentially you could see a guy like Lindsay come in. He's probably going to be there for you know a bit more of a veteran presence. Uh, There's a lot of rookie running backs and Devontae Price and CJ Verdell that were added to that uh, running back stable. But we all know that this team runs through Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor is the guy in Indy. But I just love what Indy's been doing. I think that Indianapolis is going to be there in the playoffs this year. I think Frank Wright is doing a great job in Indianapolis. Yeah, we talked about like this team looks like good now. This team looks like a a, a sexy team that like can get it done. Uh, what do you think would be the biggest challenge to the Colts, Dominic? Obviously, like we think about Matty Ice in his first year with the team uh, and the fact that since Andrew Luck has been gone, they haven't really had that starting quarterback. So maybe I just answer my own question. Uh, I think a lot of it obviously is going to come down to Matty Ice. Um, and for me, it'll also be, uh, let's see if Jonathan Taylor can build off of the fantastic year he had last year. Cause right. He had that MVP type season there. Uh, I think everyone is expecting him to have a very similar season. Uh, I expect him to have a very good season. Um, but, uh, it's just like, you know, we talk about like sure things in the NFL and it j- j- this just seems like a sure thing for, uh, Jonathan Taylor to, uh, you know, put up a crazy amount of yards, punch it in the end zone, uh, several times, uh, you know, throughout the season. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't, I'm not worried about Indianapolis, um, but I think that ultimately, based on last season, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on uh, Jonathan Taylor to produce, especially because they now have a new quarterback in Matty Ice. Nothing to, nothing, you know, no, uh, not to, uh, you know, throw shade at Matt Ryan. Just, you know, it, it's his first year with the team, right? And I don't think you'd expect miracles coming into this. Uh, we're talking about Indianapolis as winning the division and potentially making a run. Uh, we talk about players that have a lot of pressure, and I think, like, Jonathan Taylor had an incredible year last year uh, and a you know, really good uh, career in Wisconsin. And like, we all knew how good he would be. Uh, you know, I think that if, you know, if this guy doesn't produce early on in the season or doesn't put up the numbers, the Colts are expecting him to have this team can struggle. I really feel like it's almost like a one man show there in Indianapolis, even though they have, you know, those young receivers there, uh, Matt Ryan, I think like Jonathan Taylor is kind of where this offense starts and stops really. 
Yeah, I disagree with you here, William, because mm. I honestly think that Matt Ryan is a guy who commends respect. He's been in the NFL for a long time. He almost won the Super Bowl, and his stats are fairly good in the NFL. I think that Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to disagree with you. I think that he's going to look to Matt Ryan as being a guy to carry this team. I think that the, the quarterback position usually is the area that drives a team forward, and this will, will not be any different in Indianapolis. Luckily for them, they have a good coach in Frank Wright. I do believe in guys like Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, and they added a young receiver, Alec Pierce, who I think is going to maybe be a, one of those sleeper picks in fantasy football. So for me, I like Indianapolis. We talk about an all-around football team. This is an all-around football team. Jonathan Taylor doesn't have to do it all because he's got a great offensive line. He's going to get support also with Naheem Hines. I'm really bold on those Indianapolis Colts this year, and I think Matt Ryan could do it. I like it, Dominic. I, yeah, no, I, I'd say like I, uh, I, that's not the way I look at it. I just I guess the question I have for you is if Jonathan Taylor is averaging, let's say, 50 to 65 rushing yards a game. Um, do you think this team has what it takes to still be competitive? I do. I think that what's going to happen is you're going to have an all-around football team, right? So mm-hmm. let's just say that would be worst-case scenario. No way that I see Jonathan Taylor getting 65 yards yeah. uh, per game. I don't see that happening, but they can rely on that defense. That defense from top to bottom is solid as it gets. They added Stephon Gilmore, which yep. was like, boom. You know, you know, you're ready to roll. To me, I love this football team. The, the running game, they added two young guys for depth. You know how they are, you know, rookie running backs. You can throw them in. They have all their fresh legs, you know, ready to roll. I think if, even if Jonathan Taylor goes down, I think Frank Wright could basically put the team still on Matt Ryan's back and make it to the playoffs because of the depth that they have in this football team. Okay, I like that. A good take, Dominic. I guess so. We'll politely agree to disagree. I do definitely agree that uh, that defense is scary, and it's something that you talked about on the show quite a few times. And Darius Slandered, like that guy, is is just an absolute tank. And uh, I remember just the more you talked about him, the more like I would watch his tape and like do research on him. And like, yeah, this uh, he is not a man you definitely <laughs> want to mess with. That's no for way. sure. Um, yeah, just like the Savon Gilmore, I like that too. I was like still surprised it didn't work out with with him and, and those New England Patriots because uh, you know he was shut down there uh, with uh, with the, the New England Patriots. The Colts are a team, you know, we talk about maybe able to surprise a few teams. Is there a team, Dominic, you feel that people may be overlooking, not talking about, uh, you know, a team, whether AFC, NFC, that, you know, we, we think about a team as potentially able to make uh, a run at the playoffs um, at, at a wild card spot, but that won't really do much in the playoffs. Maybe a team that like the Cincinnati Bengals from last year, right? Like, I think people thought the Bengals would be a fairly good team. We didn't know if they were going to make the playoffs, let alone almost win the Super Bowl. Uh, so do you feel there could be another team like Cincinnati this year coming to the season? And if so, what team would that be, Dominic? There isn't a team that's going to be coming out with a rookie quarterback that is going to go lights out this year, in my personal opinion, like mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Not that Cincinnati had a rookie quarterback, but to me, when they added Jamar Chase, I was a naysayer. I always said that they should have gone O-line, and that's why they shocked me, because the rapport with Jamar Chase was just unbelievable. Kudos to Cincinnati for having spotted that. But no, I don't see a team right now. We talked about Houston. I mean, that's more like, you know, one of those old school coaches in Lovey Smith that could potentially go 500 just a bit more. I doubt it as well. 
The Detroit Lions, to me, you know, can they make the extra step moving forward? I love what they added at wide receiver. They added Chark and obviously Williams in the draft. If Goff could put his game together, because Goff to me is a guy that plays well during the season. And that NFC North is wide open. I know we have all our eggs in Aaron Rodgers' basket. And some people might think, obviously, now that Cousins, he won't have Mike Zimmer breathing down his, you know, his neck. Got the Bears. Can Fields actually do it? I think the NFC North, there could be a team that's going to shock you even mentioned yourself that the Packers, you know, you expect them to not maybe even make the playoffs. So yeah. I think you kind of have, you know, something there potentially that could be an upset. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to say maybe those lines, maybe those lines because they're due. They're just so yeah. overdue. That poor franchise, they're playing in a dome. They should have an advantage just with that fact alone, but yet they keep year in and year out struggle and they struggle and they struggle. But however, they got themselves a good coach now. Could that coach bring them to the promised land? I think we'll have to wait and see, but I got my eyes on those lines. I also am very interested in the Lions too, Dominic, and I'm going to pick a team in that division and a team that you just mentioned, the Chicago Bears. I'm really curious to see what Justin Fields is able to do this year there in Chicago. Uh, we were going like, like when they when they drafted Justin Fields and they had that draft and they drafted Jenkins as well, I believe in the first round. Like, uh, like we were saying, wow, the Bears did great. In my opinion, the Bears won that draft. Uh, I was super impressed with what Chicago did, uh, and unfortunately, Justin Fields did not have the rookie year that uh, I guess people were hoping he would have. So I'm really curious to see him going into his second year. How excuse me, how he's going to do? Um, and like, it's tough because this team doesn't really have that much depth at the wide receiver position. They all did not have a great receiving core. And now they have lost, uh, you know, Robinson, uh, who's going to the, who's went to the Rams. Uh, they have Equinemia St. Brown, who they got from the Packers. Other than that, Dominic, they don't have too many weapons there in Chicago. I just, this is more of a gut pick. Uh, not looking at this team on paper. Um, and uh, just, I want to see Justin Fields be that exciting player that he was at Ohio State. Uh, and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, maybe surprising people. Because I think that right now, like, in that division, it's Green Bay is going to win the division. And if any, any team has a chance of overtaking the Packers, it's Minnesota. I don't think Chicago and or the Viking and or, excuse me, the Lions are even being talked about. So maybe Chicago takes that personally. Uh, you know, maybe they're kind of uh, able to run a different style of offense, maybe uh, run the ball a little bit more. Justin Fields can uh, run some, you know, RPOs there and, and, and keep the ball there uh, for those Bears. But I'm interested to see how the Chicago Bears are going to do this year, Dominic. I'm not sure why. It's just more of uh, one of those feelings that, like, you know, like, this team could could surprise some people. I love it, William. I really, really love it because you got a guy in Justin Fields where he's going to have the entire team on his shoulders. And there's, like you said, there's not a lot of receivers. The running backs are questionable. It's going to be the Justin Fields show. That's mm -hmm. what it's going to be. And can he do it? If for whatever miraculous reason, Justin Fields is the guy that is the fantasy darling Wow. I mean, that would be quite shocking because, you know, it's a football team and not a football player team, you know, so who is going to help Justin Fields and maybe Darnell Mooney, maybe Darnell Mooney is going to shock the world and become a top five wide receiver in the NFL, because that's about as good as it gets for the Chicago Bears yeah. at wide receiver. 
But you and I both know that if a guy wants to get playing time, an old veteran wants to go get some playing time, why not land in Chicago? That you'll have plenty of playing time. The problem there is, do they believe that the Chicago Bears are going to win the Super Bowl next year? I don't think so. I don't think a veteran will think that. So I think the Bears are going to run on Justin Fields and we're just going to have to wait and see what he can do. I think you read my mind there, Dominic. Like I was just going after that. Still obviously a few a few free agents left at the wide receiver position. We got OBJ, uh, obviously there. Now Jarvis Landry has been taken off the board. We got AJ Green. Uh, we got, uh, you know, like different guys that that can make noise. Uh, we got like Debo Samuel that we don't know what's going to happen with him there. Uh, AJ Brown is obviously off. We don't know what's going to happen with DK Metcalf. Uh, so maybe like uh, the Chicago Bears are able to uh, to see if they can grab one of those guys. They obviously fire Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy uh, in the offseason. So they're going to have a new coach. Uh, I think it's a lot of like... It's always an exciting time, right, Dominic? Like where you're starting a new time uh, in like in your uh, in your franchise, whether it's getting a new coach, having a new quarterback. Like there's always hope to start the season. Uh, I'm not sure how much hope there is <laughs> uh, in in Chicago now with the Bears, but I think like that's why you got to love the offseason so much, right? Like you see different guys moving. You're curious to see how these guys are gonna fit. Uh, and every team is you know starts off at zero zero, undefeated, um, and uh, it's just a, a lot to look forward to in the offseason. That's like you know why uh, the offseason I find so exciting, Dominic. In the NFL. Yeah, exactly. We're not even, you know, at training camp yet. Right. There's a lot of things that are going to happen between now and training camp. We're going to see a couple injuries that are going to kind of like cause a lot of confusion in any division out there. So I just think that a guy like Fields, you know, I've, I had him in my fantasy dynasty pool. I'm watching him grow. If I'm really honest, I think that the bears are not going to be moving far with Justin Fields. Mm. However, he is a fast quarterback. Yeah. I mean, in last year, the system that he was running with Matt Nagy did not suit him whatsoever. I think he will be unleashed this year, and it will all be him and him alone to try to win football games. Can he stand in there for that long of a season without being injured will remain to be seen. But I think we're going to be talking a lot about Justin Fields next year. He's probably going to have some amazing games. He's probably going to have some terrible games. But if they have, you know, this chemistry in Chicago, which could just happen, right? You build a team, you, you, you put a game plan together, and then, you know, you roll the dice and see what happens. Right now, their best players is Justin Fields. They drafted him really high. They're going to get to see exactly what they got. And I think you're going to get a quick in and out if he doesn't perform. If he's not performing, look for the Bears to maybe even draft a quarterback next year because there's a lot of good quarterbacks in next year's draft. Hope some Bears fans are listening to this one. We don't often talk about the Bears, but we did today. Folks, that's a wrap for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. Enjoy the NBA and NHL playoffs. It should be exciting. Go Heat, go. You were listening to CJLO, 69 AM in Montreal.